Hello and welcome to Como Sasas. We are back here for only the second time this year because we just kind of just didn't get around to it for a while and then other things got in the way. I'm the Cubs fan. I'm here with Rob Viper. Hey, how's it going? Star of his own high spot series now. Yep. Famous. <laughs> Too good for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a big star that I haven't even watched it yet because I haven't got the- because even though I'm on this podcast, I do not get those things comped. So I have to find some $10 to go watch High Spots to find <laughs> out all this incredible information. Um, I think I, I, I told this story on a different podcast, but for people who don't listen to that podcast, yeah. I wanted to interview L.A. Park that same weekend because he was at StarCast. And I went up to talk to him and his son just to kind of test the waters out to see if he'd be open to sitting down for an hour and a half to talk and the money and all that. And literally, the first thing I did after I introduced myself was, yeah, I used to be a big fan of yours since the days where you were Principe Island. And he said to me, oh, no, that wasn't me. So I just cut off the conversation there because I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of him in an interview if he's not even going to admit that the guy who was Principe Island was actually him. Yeah. that's He seems so old school that I think he would probably not give you the information you wanted even in the even in a long interview, especially if he's doing things like that. Yeah, but it's a shame. I mean, because you don't get a chance to talk to somebody like that. But, I mean, he's all over the indie scene now, so maybe there'll be other chances. that Maybe when he loses his mask in September, he'll be more open to it. <laughs> if he loses his mask in September. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's the transition to the first topic. One of the problems with Mexican wrestling compared to like American wrestling is that there are so many shoot interviews and people both – who wrestlers and behind the scenes were willing to go back and talk about all of what happened and document everything. And with Lutra Libre, that has not really, you get the same stories get told over and over again, but you don't get a lot of detailed looks at things. So some of the history of people gets lost, but when a guy like Paraguayer passes away because he was still such a big star, he made so much history that people ever, we don't have, all the details of why things happened in his career, but we know so much about his career because he was such a big star for such a long time. Um, yeah. Piero passed away Wednesday. Um, well, it was announced Wednesday. Um, it was a, I think it was a surprise to everybody, but I think it was also, it was not, uh, it was not shocked because he had been rumored to be in bad health for a long time and no one had seen him for a long time. I think it, some people say he has dementia. I saw Over Oceans today said that, um, that he had Alzheimer's. So maybe that's actually what was going on. But he'd been away from the public eye for a long time. And when he had been seen, he'd been obviously not in recognition. But I think so many people grew up with him or their parents grew up with him in Mexico as the big wrestling star. That I think it really hit a lot of people hard when, he, when they found out he had passed away. Yeah, really sad. Like you said, not unexpected. The uh, A lot of people saying that he disappeared from the spotlight after what happened to his son, but he was gone from the spotlight even before that because they've been talking about him having the serious health issues since at least the time that the Perils Del Mal actual stable or promotion was created, and that was back in 2009-ish. So it's just a tragic deal. He's a famous... I mean, we don't need to go through his career 
year by year and all famous feuds. If you're listening to this podcast, odds are you know who Paraguayo is and everything you accomplished. Probably, you probably should just read Alfredo's bio when he puts it up in Lutra World because that'll probably be the best piece on it. Yep. I, I mean, that'll be that'll go in depth if you don't know about his career. But I mean, it's just really sad. It's uh, like I wrote on Twitter. It, it just brings not only this, but it also brings back his son dying to the forefront because everybody's got the pictures of them together, and uh, it's just tragic situation. And now we've got a, the thing, the show tomorrow in TJ, where Rey Mysterio Jr. is going to be, and they're going to have a ceremony. And of course, that's the same building where Paraguayo Jr. passed away. And I yeah, don't know. It's a, it's a weird coincidence that Piero Jr. passed away a few days after AAA's last Guadalajara show, and they're finally going back to Guadalajara after years. And it, his father passes away before that show. It just it, it, it has nothing. There's no connection, but it's just a weird coincidence. And then that Mysterio happens to be going back to Tijuana, where Piero Jr. passed away. So it was just weird things happening at the same time. Yep, and you could see everybody was pretty broken up about it. Conan was looked really sad at, uh, before the Triple A show when they did the ceremony. Uh, you know, Conan spent most of his career working with Pero and was a big, big part of making uh, Conan into the star he became. Uh, you know, a lot of people keep asking to recommend Pero matches, but it's hard to do that. His prime would have been literally in the '70s and the early '80s, and the earliest footage that we have regularly from Mexico would be like 82, 83 and onwards. And like you linked to yesterday, the oldest match of perils that actually exists would be a new Japan match from 1980. So it's hard to actually recommend, Hey, you should go see this match and see him in his prime. Yeah. Because Perro was wrestling mostly a lot in El Torero. He wrestled in New Mexico too. So there are some CML footage, either handhelds or the TV when it was there in the U.S. and not in Mexico turned up. But most of the old footage of UWA is from when Japanese wrestlers happened to be going to, for a big show to Nakapan, and that Japanese New Japan or Japanese TV would be taping the shows. That's why the New Japan match I linked to is cool to see because it's obviously a film that New Japan took from El Torero, and it's way you can see him prayer move in a way that he he definitely does not move when you see the newer stuff. Um, and it's it's much higher quality video than anything else. But we because of what Mexican wrestling was, we, you don't have a complete history of them. And like I went over on Twitter and when it happened, I said my first impressions of Pero. I presume they would be the similar to you because didn't you get into lucha around the time where like at that point Pero was decrepit and but was still headlining against the Dinamitas, right? Yeah, I I got into in 2000, 2001, and that's when he was the old man who was still on top, but he was not having, but he was not the cool guy who was having great matches like the other people. But you could still, but he was still a big star of promotion at that point. Yeah. And I mean, you obviously, if you're not a lucha fan and you just tune in and see a guy like that, you're like, I don't get it. That, that, that's basically what your reaction should be. But if you watch more and more, you just see like he had a connection with the fans. The fans loved him. They, uh, they, he was, he wasn't even a wrestler to them, to them. He was a cultural icon. And there's, you know, you can't say that about many wrestlers, maybe le only a handful at most. So, uh, I, from what I've seen, this has been covered pretty big in Mexico, all over the place. Yeah. I think every newspaper 
I think every TV station feels like they covered it. Oh, they mentioned it at least. So um, it's, it's sometimes when, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes when guys who haven't been in the spotlight that long pass away, they might not get remembered as much, but he definitely got remembered by, by everyone. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see lots more ceremonies in the coming day because it happened on a Wednesday and most of the shows occur on the weekend. I'm sure CML will do their thing tomorrow. I'm sure AAA will do another thing because they're actually in Guadalajara on Saturday. And that is where he passed away, obviously. I, and I'm sure the crash will have to do, will do something too. Yep, so the crash will be up tomorrow too. And then I'm sure all the indies, the usual indies, will do their thing. So, yeah, really sad. AAA went on with their show like normal yesterday because that's all they really can do. Um, it was, I thought, a pretty strong show, better than some of the, maybe better than Veronica Scandala as a show in itself, just because there were more good matches on it. Um, it may have not had anything that was as good as the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, but it had a lot. But it, it, most of the matches were fun and enjoyable. Um, and they, move stuff along even though we know what triple mania is there's since t the tv exists in a different universe than the triple mania universe they kind of set up some angles for maybe tomorrow or on future taping so i thought it was an interesting show what did you think of it yeah i would agree with you i think that for up and down for first to last match match quality wise better than verano de scandalo verano scandalo might have been bigger because he had the bigger crowd and hotter crowd and better overall big moments because since it was a major show but this show no complaints really there was only one match that was kind of a letdown the rest all ranged from either normal to very good and nothing hit the excellent peak like you said i was annoyed by the streaming quality and that's uh one thing you mentioned about uh that that would actually be a perfect time to sign up because you do want to get Triple Mania without the inter without the interference of commercials, because I have watched been watching these shows with commercials, and they come at the most inopportune times. Yesterday I got lucky, but I think I'm definitely going to subscribe so I don't miss anything at Triple Mania. But also, if I was AAA, I might even they haven't said anything about it, but I would definitely do a pre-show at the very least to make sure that stream is working because for Triple Mania. They can't avoid. They can't afford what happened last night. And as I say this, I know it's going to happen because it's AAA and it always seems to happen. But they got to iron that shit out. Yeah, I mean the Spanish feed has been having this trouble streaming for quite some time, with it being dropping out of the times. So maybe they seem like they change. They were normal stream at 1080 and they switch it to 720, and that seemed like it improved things. And I don't think most people could really tell the difference between those two levels. So if they have found the solution between now and triple main, that's good. But I think no matter what they really, they need to throw out Dynastia and five other people and that just have a match at seven 30, just to make sure everything's working. Right. I imagine it's going to be like last year where they do interviews and stuff for a couple hours before the show starts. But the more they can do to test it out, the more they can test out the actual equipment they're using instead of just backstage, and that looks good when people are running around, I think it's probably worthwhile. Because they it, that's a show that that's the one show that people check out every year, and you want as many things going right with it as possible. Yep, and I really think that 
they need to rethink this whole English commentary thing because it's uh, not attracting anyone new. I can promise you that. No, you know what? I'm convinced it's just to them something that's on the checklist of things that they're checking off, and they want to check it off as as cheap and easily as possible. I think. I, no offense to Bernardo and Adrian, but I think they're there because they're because they are easily accessible and they probably aren't a big expense to get to the AAA office or wherever they're doing this from. And they just do not want to pay the money to fly someone in. Because I'm sure they have plenty of ideas of people they could bring in, but they just, it's not worth the plane. T- they're not investing a plane ticket for them. Um, I don't think they're going to get anything out of doing the English thing by doing this way. But if you look at who they're trying to market to for these U.S. shows, they're not really marketing to English-speaking people. They're going on Spanish radio. They're going on Spanish TV. When they did the press conference for L.A., it was just Spanish-speaking media, uh, which is weird because they did the whole press conference in English, and then every single question was in Spanish. But they, I, I, I think they are only committed to doing the English as much as it's a thing that people tell them they need to do. And so then people will stop asking about it, but I don't think they are really invested in it at this point. And that's a disappointment because it could be a lot better. Yeah, I think uh, you nailed it. And we're in a group chat with people who don't speak Spanish who watch the English feed and they literally only watch it just to see how bad the English guys are going to be. And like, I'm not shitting on the guys just like you. They're doing the best they can. It's just their English is not up to par. They're doing it, it sounds like, they're doing it where they, they're just talking into a box. It's a vacuum. You cannot hear anything going on in the ring or in the building. So there's no point in even watching it. It's You're missing – why would you watch wrestling without hearing what's actually happening? And they're talking over promos. It's, uh, it's definitely two guys who haven't watched how it's done in other places, like when people do it with Japanese wrestling. And it's also a case where uh, – I lost my train of thought. Well, what was I going to say? With Japanese wrestling, is that it helps that they're running like New Japan runs so many shows in Tokyo that they don't really have to fly people out or send them different locations. But they have those people in the building and they have a commentating table, and we get you get the live sound. They're they're off to the side, but they're there in the buildings that have caught instead of calling off a monitor, and that makes a huge difference. Um, I, I think I would assume for Triple Mania that they're going to put whoever they have for English at a desk in the building because it's going to be a lot it'll be there's no expense of flying them out but maybe i'll fix some of their problems but it's really going to be a situation where um maybe they won't get the vampiro viral moment from last year but they're they may end up getting other things that people complained about all night about the english commentary so they should be prepared for that yeah i think the point i was trying to make is that like these guys are commentating as if they're they're uh, they're just tra- they're just using words that they would say in Spanish. They're not reacting naturally to what's going on, and they're overthinking it. So it comes off as so. I, I'm trying to think of examples from yesterday, but they they they're not. They're trying to react as if it's like a fan watching it, but they're supposed to be reacting and dis- explaining to the viewer and telling them about things. It just. I don't. I don't really like it. I wish that they would invest some money into it and get people there. One guy who's there to actually be a color guy, and one guy who's actually there to explain to the viewers what is going on, like uh, a Jim Ross type, for lack of a better example. Yeah, I think even if they just 
flew in one English speaking person who filed the promotion and had mm -hmm. Adrian or Bernardo as being the translator and to add some more context to things, that would be a substantial improvement. But yeah, I don't count on the, there's no sign that they're going to make any change. It was just a miracle that, that Vampiro was still not doing it because that was, I don't think that was the change they made. But I, I don't think the Vampiro being t taken off the announcing was that alone. I think there were other things going on that Vampiro just happened no longer to be the announcer and they end up with the, the spoof. Yep. So, what was your favorite match from last night's show? Uh, well, selfishly, I like the opener just because they were they four of my upcoming favorite guy. Well, three of my upcoming favorite guys, plus Dinastia, who's not an upcoming guy. He's awesome, and we're just waiting for him to finally be given something to do in AAA. Uh, I thought they did really good. Some iffy moments covered up by amazing creativity, amazing moves that they did. I thought the match built really well, didn't feel rushed at all. In terms of best overall match, though, I would probably go with the OGT match against the uh, Hinetas de Lyra. Uh, the surprise, I mean, the, the finish shocked me. I I don't want to put too much faith in AAA because they so sometimes they'll just do finishes, tease matches, like Phoenix versus Loretto Kid, for example, that we're never going to get. So, you know, you don't want to put too much stock in what they do, but I've got to think they're either doing it on Saturday or at some point we're getting an OGT's title match because I did not expect them to win that match. And honestly, at this point, I think that Hineta should be beating those guys. So I would hope that this is setting up a title match where they actually win. Conan did hint something about how he wishes the three-way tag, three-way trios match at Triple Mania would be a title match. And this wouldn't actually fix it, but I, I could... It wouldn't be impossible for me for, to see them switch things around. It, it, OGT winning the titles and getting switched into that match somehow, and maybe the Exacos get bumped to the Copa Triple Mania instead. But which I, is perfect. But I, I'm not, I'm not confident about that happening. But I think I can at least see a possibility of a title change happening here. The the one thing I've noticed from these double taping weekends that we've had a lot this spring and summer is that they're do, they're steadily doing a better job of building from taping A to taping B. We got the Drago Daga interaction on the show, which is directly building up on the next show. And mm -hmm. we may get that trio style match on the next show. So it's like they're having trouble building long-term from, from one set of tapings to a couple weeks later, but they can at least... They've at least, if they're going to scramble these cards around, they've at least figured out a way to make, to figure out both cards at the same time and build from the first card to the second card. And that makes these weekends a little bit stronger as a watch together. And probably one reason for that is if you have the crew, you know what you're working with for the two days. Whereas if you build something for a week or two later, you never know which crew is going to end up showing up. Yeah, or you don't know if someone's going to get hurt or have a U.S. booking or just disappear off the planet like Jack Evans. So. Right. Jack Evans is a weird deal because you wrote in your news update today, nobody knows if he's working AAA. And the weird thing is there was a, there was a weekend uh, back in May where he worked some random indie show with Herodes Jr. and Hijo de Pirata Morgan on like the same time he was supposed to be on the AAA taping. I can't imagine that the indie booking is paying more than AAA. So it seems like he's specifically choosing to do work that's close to home because he lives in Mexico City, and he's just not up to doing these five- or six-hour trips to wherever the AAA TV taping is. And now that he's got the AEW deal, I would say he doesn't have to, but 
maybe he eventually will have to, depending on how hard AAA comes down on him. Yeah, it'll. It's going to be a situation to watch. Of course, he's a guy who got fired by AAA before, so it may be a situation where when he finally has the power to choose work with AAA or not, he's making that choice. He's kind of getting one back on them by not working when he doesn't really want to. But the fact that he's not on Triple Mania right now and that he's not he's not on the next couple tapings makes me believe that they're not counting on him being around right now. So, um, yeah. What else? What were your well? What were your favorite memories of the Jack Sammy Suicide Trio? They had a great name. They 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 did a pose together, I believe. And that's about it. Poor suicide though, because he, he he finally gets something to do, and then both his partners, Gravers in and out, and Jack is just out. So, then uh, suicide is not on triple main right now. Oh no, suicide, yes, no. yes. You see, you caught yourself. That's okay. So suicide is, is teaming with the person he's allied with in real life, but not actually on screen. Which there's no chance they're going to explain that before the show. But that's okay. No, but I wouldn't be shocked if he walked out of there with the title. Who knows? Triple A's, Triple A's random like that. Triple A is very random like that. Um, for the rest of the show, I thought Eterno looked good, and it seems like they had plans for him, which is very weird because no one seems to ever actually have plans for Eterno except IWRG. Um, and what was the other match I was thinking about? Yeah, the opener was really good, too, and it was a nice showcase for those guys. Um, that's match that I wish people would see, but that's also probably the match that's the most likely you can get bumped from YouTube. It's I'm the, sure you have thoughts on the three-way, Drago and uh, Chica Tormenta, Gold I Magic? I, I thought that match was good is when Tormenta was involved, and I don't know what happened to her. If anyone's found her, I hope they find her before the taping on Saturday, but it's just <laughs> be good again. Um, it was, but it, I, I feel like you should make a bigger deal if a woman is challenged for a men's style for the first time, but that's also very AAA, not to not to explain, not to really have, do anything, but have the announcers quickly note it and just move on and not really think about does this make any sense? But um, it was, but I thought she continues to do well, but the rest of the taping was the usual stuff. I thought the main event angle was really effective in what it was attempting to do. I don't take Demon really that seriously as a wrestler, but they're doing everything they can to get, make people boo him. So I I, I think if, if it's possible to get people boo him in Arena Cidad de Mexico for Triple Mania, he will they've they've got they've got there as far as they can get there. I'm fascinated to see what the reaction is gonna be when Wagner loses his hair and they just cut the ponytail and then the rest is left. He's gonna look exactly like he did the day they did the press conference to build up this match originally. They're going to have to shave the rest of his head, I would hope. Yeah, but it'll be back in like two days. Yeah, that's true. But they always have the visual of him shaving his head. I, I wonder if he and they believe that he was going possible to grow a lot more hair than he did. And and, and this is the, the way they've come up with this, working around it because it is just, it's bizarre and only makes sense if they're self-conscious about how much hair he's going to lose here. Yeah, and it's a weird deal because usually people get all over the the companies when they book matches and they'll be like, it's a fraud because we know that this guy's losing his mask already either because, oh, he's lost his mask in the past or we all know who's under the mask anyways. But I haven't really seen the outcry for the fact that, hey, this guy's risking his hair and his hair's not even real. 
I see people joke about it, but never, not in a serious way. I think Demon did a promo about it like a week ago, making fun of them and how absurd it is. But I think because they're so big names that just one guy versus the other guy is such a big deal that that they can get by with this. If this was a much more minor wrestler, I think there would be a lot more outcry. Right. Do you think it's a retirement match for the loser's match? Do you think the last time we'll see Wagner or Demon? Well, I go back to what we were talking about before with Pero Aguayo, where like, if he was any sort of healthy, he would still have been wrestling to this very day. That's how Lucha Libre is. So, no, I do not think that at the young ages that they are right now, Demon and Wagner, that they're going to be uh, taking a break from wrestling. They they will be around. I don't even think I don't even think they'll take any time off. They don't have lineups afterwards, both of them, so they're not going anywhere. And you got to figure if these shows that I assume we're going to transition to soon in New York and LA are happening. There's no way they're not having Wagner and Demon on the shows considering they've been front and center for both press conferences. Yeah, they're obviously, they've been saying that this is, for both press conferences, they said, this is the last show I'm going to work if I lose at Triple Mania. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot, a lot of last shows that they're going to be working for the future. But but that's but it's just hype to build up a match, and I don't think I, I don't think it's a situation where people are taking it seriously, even as they took Beerus and Metallica's retirement match. I think people understand the deal with Demon and Wagner here, where in theory Demon actually might retire and go away if he lost his mask because there's no reason for him to exist anymore. But I don't think anyone believes Wagner is leaving if he loses his, what's left of his hair. Yep. So the next taping is Saturday night in Japan, um, Alaska, which I did not pronounce close to right. Um, it's 8 p.m. start, so I fear it's probably going to start against a New Japan show, but it gets when people are very excited about an Okada Tanahashi match. But <laughs> um, if people actually, if if that ends and AAA's pre-show goes forever. There looks like there is a group, good group of guys, and then they might have some good undercard matches. I have the lineup here in these notes, but if they change it around to make the OJTs for Shinete's LRA match, that means everything else could probably change as well. I would have no idea what the main event is going to be because this is a rare taping where Blue Demon and Dr. Wagner are not around. Maybe it will be something with Psycho Clown versus Ray Scorpion again, but I'm not even sure about that. Yeah, I mean, just looking at these names, it should be easy enough to move around because you you have a Scorpion and Tejano right there to put into the main event. Uh, so you could do a tag, you could do whatever you want. I mean, there's a lot of options. And I would prefer that they do the trios titles just looking at this lineup. Because, I mean, they could do that. There's a match that's listed with the Hinetes against Chica Tormenta, Eterno, and Parque Negra, which sounds like the crazy root of trio, trio team I want to see. But at the same time, there's a million other people that those guys can face on this lineup. So the only thing we know for sure is we're going to get that Drago versus Daga match. And I think Drago's retaining. I don't know. I know that you thought Daga was winning at one point. I, I thought Daga winning the title was part of the package of him coming back. So I, I, I'm i less sure after there's stuff last night. But then Drago did lay out Daga at the end. So by WB rules that AAA bars from a lot, that means... Daga has to come back and win the title match. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing a brass knuckles finish where Drago turns the tables on Daga. 
which, by the way, at any point since Daga speaks English and uses Twitter, can you explain to us what the brass knuckles deal is? Because I'm lost. No, he's not going to make it this far in the podcast. He's turned off already. But <laughs> I, I could also see Drago using the brass knucks, but he actually gets caught and it's actually DQ. And then people remember that titles change hands on DQs and that's how Daga wins, which would be funny. Does Daga laying on his back completely out winning a title or just make a complete joke of it? But I think it's very possible the way they've been building that bit. Do you think Lowrider is making the show? I don't think so, but I wouldn't be shocked. I just, I wouldn't put any money on it. But that guy pops up at the lead times where you least expect him. So, yeah. Do you think he held the Del Torantes as wrestling on the show? I mean, I don't see why not unless. They're carrying around extra bodies, and I don't think they would be. I think if, if Will Ryder doesn't make it, then we may be spirit from the Toronto's match just to even the numbers out. But it's so weird that he's scheduled to wrestle because Bobby's not there, and they seem like they've dropped the Bobby thing again. At least it's not happening for a while because it's not on the card. Um, so I don't know why they book him for matches in the first place, but AAA is a mysterious promotion at times. I mean, yep. the original card still has the Pagano Chessman feud. And that, unless they're matching up somehow during Copa Triple Mania, that's got pushed off too. So this was a lineup when they had different plans for Triple Mania, or they just didn't have any plans for Triple Mania, and they just threw some names in there. Yeah, pretty much. And we just saw there was a there was another AAA lineup that just got changed recently, and that's the what taping that's coming up in like two weeks' time. Yeah, so... It, uh, it was funny at the beginning of the year when Triple H insisted that they had the, the plans for Triple Mania already because no one really believed them at the time, and they were probably pretty right not to believe them because Triple A, even if Triple A has a plan, they're not really committed to the plan more than like a day ahead of time, and then everything can change. Yep. I mean, what are the odds that the Triple Mania lineup that I think we're about to get into is actually going to come off 100% when we see the actual show? It, uh, you know, Triple Mania does seem like the one exception where they they feel they feel like they actually have to deliver what they've promised. I think they've done that the last couple of years, but I'm sure there be stuff moved around a little bit, and there's still stuff that we don't really know about. It was peculiar how they can only come up with eight names to cope with Triple Mania when they probably should know pretty much everyone who's going to be in it at that press conference. But it, it it's. I think most of the card, I think the big matches will have to happen as the big matches because they've already advertised them and they want to, and they involve people, outsiders who are probably going to be more thrown off by changes than the regular AAA roster, which is probably used to it by now. Yep. Uh, what what we, was your feeling about the Triple Mania lineup? Uh, my feeling was, you know, me and you did that thing on Twitter where we both made lineups and we tried to go into it from a realistic standpoint. And I know you kept saying, well, they're just going to, we need to go at it from where everybody's getting on the show. And you ended up being correct because this lineup definitely screams, we just want to get everybody on the lineup. There are only like two or three names that are notably missing. And a couple of those could easily just end up with the Copa Triple Mania. I think that I wasn't expecting Kenny to be on the show. That's for sure. I had Cody in his spot. You know, Kenny uh, was the thing I was a while wrong. I never thought he was going to work for AAA or for Mexico. I did not think he yeah. liked that idea at all. So that's a huge surprise to me. Yeah, I figured there was not a chance he was ever making it down there. So I do consider that a major coup for AAA to have gotten him to agree to do the show and come down there. 
it's probably not caught not uh he's probably not coming in cheap so it's going to cost him some money uh i fully expect that the mexican team is getting the win back on that show i can't see any world even though we can come up with crazy scenarios in our head and talk ourselves into it we're like kenny pins phoenix clean and then we end up with a title match phoenix versus kenny for the title on an AEW show i don't think so i think that this is just giving the mexicans their win back i would hope the triple a smart enough to have loretto kid their regular go over one of the other guys but it's entirely possible that no that's not going to happen no i don't uh, think that's going to happen because i think they're convinced that phoenix and pentagon they're going to be the regular guys going forward so they might have one or the other take get the win instead all right. I mean, if you say so, I just, if it was me, I would do everything I could to try to ensure that Loretto pins Kenny in the six-man. Or if you can't do Kenny, which I understand, at least one of the bucks. But Loretto is standing tall at the end of that because like, he should be their guy. Yeah. Uh, that, that whole finish is going to be interesting because AEW did start building towards Penta versus, Penta versus Kenny Omega. So they could do mm-hmm. something with those two guys in the finish instead. But then you're building an AEW storyline on a AAA show. And what AAA needs to do is to build something for one of their three guys to have a match in this in October that people are going to care about. Isn't Penny and Kenta happening next Sunday before Triple Mania? No, because Kenny is facing SEMA on that show. Okay, so Kenny's got SEMA, so yeah. But Kenny's already got a match for September 1st, for yeah. August. So the, I think they're building Penta and Kenny for the first TV show. Okay, yeah. Well, then maybe Penta has to go over Kenny. Yeah, but is it really... Does AAA need to devote the summer main to building up AEW's first TV show? They don't need to, but as we've seen, they're pretty much open to doing anything AEW requests. I guess maybe they need to do what AEW wants to do because as another topic in here is that they really want AEW to work on those MSG and LA shows. And mm-hmm. if they bend over backwards and give AEW what they want, maybe AEW will do it, though I don't think AEW is working those shows under any circumstances. It wouldn't make sense if if I was AEW. It wouldn't make sense to not do it yourself. Why? Like, why would you jump on Triple A's bandwagon and have them take the credit when the shows draw well because of AEW on it? So I don't see it happening. As for the other card, I mean, the other thing that surprised me about this Triple Mania card is I thought for sure we were getting some something extreme with Pagano and Chessman, even if it wasn't a hair match, just something where they got to do their shit. Yeah, they've really. They got to do that TLC match against each other that was clearly building up for more, but there's not more on there. There almost always is a hardcore match on one of these shows. There's almost a, always a Joe Leader appearance, and Joe Leader is nowhere to be seen. and hasn't been seen since he was thrown through that table by Porto del Norte back at Rey de Reyes. Um, well, he's going to lose his hair coming up, I think. He's got a – him and Pagano have a hair match set, don't they, for September? Yeah. But he, he he's still working all the spot shows, but they've just trapped mm-hmm. him as a TV character at all. Which yep. So it, it's it's odd that they're not in there, but I don't think I'm going to. I, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of crazy spots in the TLC match in a different way, and I, maybe they'll find some way to do crazy spots to go for Triple Mania. But it is surprising that they, given how high they've been on Pagano, that they, they include him. Maybe that suggests that there's something to talk about Pagano leaving AAA, even though he denies it, because if they didn't know if Pagano was still going to be around at Triple Mania, maybe you just throw him the couple of Triple Mania, so there's, you don't have to change things, but I'm not sure. 
you scared me in there when you said maybe they'll do some crazy things in the TLC match. Because looking at some of those names, do, do we really want uh, like Hedra taking bumps through tables? I mean, most of the things that they do will end up being crazy because they'll be the people involved, and you can't believe that they're doing what they're doing. But they did take that table bump. Was who was it? Kira and who was was it Hedra or someone else at Rey the Reyes? That was kind of crazy. There was a Spanish fly off the apron. That oh, was that was definitely Chica, but it was Chica and somebody. Okay. I mean, so, Ty will do crazy things, and Tessa will probably not take crazy things, but she'll do crazy things to other people. Yeah. It's just it's a weird stipulation to give to that match, but it's very much keeping in Triple Mania where we have just weird stipulations just to throw them on there. We're just lucky that the three-way, ta- three-way trios match wasn't the cage match this year. Well, I mean, in, in another world, that women's match is just the six-way women's regular women's match, and then they just move the TLC step down to, like, uh, all the guys who are in the Copa Triple Mania, or we randomly, they toss Vikingo and Mysticis out there to kill themselves with ladders and chairs. So at least we're lucky in that sense, because the way it's shaping up right here, I mean, Golden Magic is a fine substitute for Loretto Kid, and we've seen Loretto, Vikingo, and Mysticis have amazing matches with the Poder del Norte. So if they give them time at Triple Mania and they can get those exoticos out of there quickly, you give those guys 10, 12 minutes and they might just have the best match of the night. Yeah, I think it's possible. I've just got lost my head thinking of that Cobra Triple Mania as a TLC match as well, where you have like timed entries, but you also have a ladder match going on. That'd be the complete perfect AAA chaotic situation where nothing makes sense, but a lot of things are happening. Um, but the, I don't think they're going that way. I think... The opener is disappointing that we're not getting the straight. It's not listed as the ending or the the plot mover longer of the Big Mommy Nino Hammer Gaze to Lady Marvel match. But I think they're going to get there in the end. And I think the reason why we have the storyline in the first place is because Mommy and Hammer Gaze were so great in last year's four way tag match that they wanted to just try to bring that back again. I think they'll probably be really over again this time. I think that Mommy and Hamburgaser are going to finally end up back together, but what do you think is going to come out of that match? What's going to come out of that match for me is hopefully, I'm praying, some advancement in the storyline at any point because I feel like they've been running in place for a while. I know that on the taping the other day that we were talking about, uh, Nino Hamburgaser kissed La Hedra. Maybe that'll play into it somehow, even though Hedra's not in the match. But I would like to see this going somewhere, whether it's going to be Hamburguesa going full evil or somebody new getting getting injected into the feud somehow. Just somewhere where we can get over the fact that, I mean, I don't think they're going to expose this quickly, that Lady Maravilla is playing him and Nino Hamburguesa is on to her tricks. Yeah, I think they decided a while back that they were going to save the big moment for Triple Mania, and I think they waited too long. to. It, they slowed down too long to achieve that. But I am glad that Triple Mania is coming because maybe they'll actually start moving along from there on. We'll get some other chapter of this. And it's about time. Yeah. So what was your reaction to the Kane Velasquez, Cody Rhodes, Psycho Clown team? <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, I kind of expected something like that because you can't send Kane out there alone. And a tag match is risky, too, because at some point he would have to be in there. So you do a trio. So I thought Penta might sneak into that if they wanted to, because I'm pretty sure Penta was there when they originally announced Kane as coming in. So it would be an interesting, it would be, it's going to be an interesting match. The The mystery spot is interesting because 
they teased it was an MMA guy, and Killer Cross, I think, counts as an MMA guy. I'm not sure, but he's everybody's promoting a fake MMA show. I think this weekend, so he counts as an MMA guy. All right, well there you go. Uh, what really throws me off though is that Rhea Scorpion isn't on this card, and that would seem like the perfect spot for Rhea Scorpion. I would lean more towards it being Cross. I know in your blog update you tossed out maybe a Jack Swagger appearance, but I actually have a name that has a sort of MMA connection that nobody's mentioned. Now, how, are you ready for this one? Probably not, but tell me anyways. How about Vampiro? <laughs> Vampiro, I've heard, is is physically broken and cannot possibly appear in a match. Though he does have the MMA ex- experience, I'm sure. I just think that would be hilarious if, like, the reason they've been hiding him is he suddenly comes out as this like reformed MMA guy and comes out wearing a, a G or whatever you call it that they fight in. And Oh, it would be so fucking hilarious just to get him and Cain Velasquez in the ring together. It was, it was noble that a few people noticed that the big Conan Vampiro match they teased last year did not happen, but really not that many people noticed or seemed to care because I think that was a match that's always going to get a strong live reaction, but I don't think that's something that, people are still were that invested in seeing because everyone, I don't think anyone thinks those guys are really active wrestlers or guys that you want to see fight at this point. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it'll be a spectacle and I actually think that it'll get them a ton of publicity. So that's good. I, I think that coming out of it, that might end up being the most talked about thing, even more than Wagner and demon. Because, yeah. I mean, if we're just going to see a haircut and not an unmasking, definitely they're going to want to talk about Kane more. I, I think Demon and Wagner might be the bigger story in Mexico, but everywhere else it'll be definitely that the, the freak show element of having Psycho Clown, uh, UFC Fire, and Cody Rhodes together as a trio is going to be the thing. thing. And they're going to do everything they can to make that match a memorable moment. They're going to try to create some clip that will be on SportsCenter and all the sports shows. So... Um, I think that that doesn't quite is it's a different thing than the um mercenarios match with Pagano and Murder Clown and I think it was Joe Leader last year, but it's kind of gonna be I think it's gonna be the same sort of spectacle as that match was. You think they're gonna get Kane to take a bump through a table on fire? I don't think exactly that kind of spectacle. But they're going to they're going to have him do stuff that you would not expect him to do just to um just to be a surprise. One thing that definitely stands out is, thank God La Mascara is gone. Looking at this lineup, like he doesn't fit anywhere except dumping him in the Copa Triple Mania. And I like Phantasma, but I don't even see where Phantasma fits unless he was one of the guys in that Cain Velasquez match. Yeah, I, I would assume that he would have got to worse the spot instead, just because that's how, Probably, yeah. how they had things ordered. But it could also be told that maybe he found out he did not have big plans, and that's when... He found that helps create his decision to leave the company because the match that they were building to was Phoenix versus Phantasma. And I guess Phantasma left around the time the AEW stuff became public. I wonder maybe that was when the direction changed to doing this. But then on the other hand, I'm not sure how long AAA was thinking about doing the six man tags. It's a six man tag, which is a rematch that AEW came with up as a last minute thing. I don't think. AAA had a long plan to bring in Pac for the spot or anything. I think they just kind of 
lucked into having all the guys available who were just in the same match. Right. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I like about the show is it's a seven match show. Last year was a 10 match show and very much felt like a very too long show. Um, I think it's possible that they add a match or as a pre-show thing, but, and that, but it'll give all these matches a little bit more time and maybe won't go until 1am this year, which I think would appreciate, especially since they went so long last year that the big angle happened while people were leaving the building. It worked out because the big angle went nowhere because LA Park quit. But I think if they're, if they're going to run another big angle, they'd like to have people there for it. Yeah, but just by saying that, you're assuming or you're basically pointing out that AAA would learn from a past mistake. And we both know that's not going to happen. No, but they did book three less matches. So I'll want to give them credit for that. Well, you don't know that because I was, you know, two pre show matches last year, two pre show matches this year, maybe. That's nine. Do you think we'll get a return appearance by Ashley? <laughs> no. The guy, Ashley, has disappeared into the land of Dino Bronze. Yeah. Do you know who I'm referring to? No, I do not. Dino Bronze is the new team name for Raptor and Mascara de Bronze. Oh, oh yeah. That's not good. <laughs> who, by the way, wasn't Mascara de Bronze on the... He was in the Triple Mania opener last year. Yes, he was. Damn. So... Things change. How did he get on that show? Now I want to go back and actually look at the results. Yeah. It, it, oh, wait. Last year was his briefcase year. That's why. No, that was two years ago. That was two years ago. So I have no idea how he was on the show last year. You know, on his Instagram, he actually posted a picture of like uh, when it's a certain day, you can flash back to what you posted on that day. And something like a year or two ago, he posted a picture of him getting beat up by Cross as if this is some sort of crowning achievement in his life. Yeah. An angle that AAA has forgotten about or will never acknowledge again, and probably <laughs> it's fine. So I ran a poll on Twitter asking people if how they felt about the card, and it was like it was generally pretty positive. I thought from the reaction I saw on Twitter immediately after, there were seemed like a decent amount of people who were upset that they weren't getting the big payoffs from the TV show. Um, but generally, it seemed like. The majority, the heavy majority of the people who watch AAA ended up liking the card position up on there. And even mm -hmm. the casual people who don't, who just kind of, I assume, just kind of turn in for Triple Mania as their one show, seem like they were happy with things are going. So uh, that's not always the case for, it seems like for AAA shows, but it seemed like a good sign that they're at least, they booked the card that people want to see. Well, I'll tell you what, your poll that you should do this year, probably the day of the show early on, is who's planning to tune into Triple Mania that didn't tune in last year? Because I'm thinking they're going to have a huge amount of new people just because Kenny's on the show. Yeah, I think so. I, I, but the problem is those people aren't going to be following me on Twitter. And you never know, because if they know that Kenny's around, they're going to have to search out somehow to see the show. And even though you have a bot that does it now, I'm sure you still get a million questions every day, like what time does the Triple A show start tonight? I, I wish that was a bot and not something I had to do by myself. But I think what these people are going to do are going to read Dave's update and right under where Dave says you can watch the CML show on their Facebook page. There's going to be a link to the Twitch show, and that's the Twitch channel, and that's how they're going to find it. But they're going to be very confused still. But we'll see. Um, yep. Do you have any thoughts about, since we're just clearing out your all the AAA news, about the LA show being announced? 
I don't even want to think about the LA show until I know more about the MSG show, to be quite honest. Yeah. That that show is coming up. I mean, we're almost going to be exactly two months out. And I know that you point this out all the time, and you're right. So I'm not saying you're wrong. AAA deals with things one at a time. So we would presume after Triple Mania, we're going to get something for MSG. But as far as I've heard, tickets aren't moving at all. We've seen zero promotion for it outside of random tweets and maybe the occasional mention on the feed. It doesn't seem like a show that exists. So before I book any travel or get interested in what they could be doing, I either want to see them bring it up and toss in some potential matches or give me a sign that the show is happening. Or at the very least, I want to hear from some wrestlers who we know don't have visas that, hey, they've told me that the process has started. Yeah, I, I think that it'd be if there were. I think for the ticket selling purposes, they could use big giant signs that they have plans for stuff. For our purposes, it'd be nice just to hear, even just behind the scenes, that things are moving along. And we, I don't know about you, but I've not heard any sign that there's this is something that people are working on. Now we didn't hear a lot about the Triple Mania card before the Triple Mania card came out, and they right. were obviously coming up with that. So maybe they're just keeping everything very quiet. But I don't think you can afford to be quiet in your first show in New York. And I don't think, as we talked about earlier, I don't think you can rely on AEW to come to bail you out because it's not in AEW's interest to run any extra shows in the U.S. when they're trying to get their own promotion off the ground. So even putting aside their old pride about wanting to be an MSG and in L.A. the first time under their own name, they have their own things to worry about. And at that point, they're going to be worried about trying to get that first TV show in order and not really wanting to go out and work an extra match. So, um, I mean, in in between complaining about everything and anything on Twitter, Aerostar seems to be posting tweets where you can tell he's at least been told that him and Murder Clown are doing, or Monster Clown are doing the mask match in MSG because he seems definite when he talks about we're having a mask match about seeing New York. So I could easily see them putting that on the show if the show happens. But at the same time, can Monster Clown even get into the U.S.? Like, I would like some proof about this before we start building it up. Yeah. I I, I have my ticket for the show, but I think I'm not even going to buy a plane ticket until we get the card out. And maybe even when we get a card out and then we wait a day to, talk, to hear from people if they actually have the visas and they're actually able to come in if they're advertised for this card. Because it just... There's... AAA has been pretty successful in Mexico this year, and they've they've run all the shows they're supposed to run. They've run them almost in all the venues they were supposed to run, but this is a whole new frontier for them. And until they do this right for the first time, no one's going to believe they're going to do it right, and nothing they've given signs for is that they've, they've worked anything out. I mean, one of the things here is that they were going to have a TV deal to promote this, or to at least air the show, and we've heard nothing about that since that initial press conference three months ago, we haven't heard really any new news on this at all. So I hope it goes well. I hope that they're what seems like where they're not going, they're probably getting paid to set money and they're not going to be taking the the blunt of the loss. If this doesn't work out, I hope that's true because there's just not there. You look at what AEW is doing to promote their shows and how hard they're pushing it. You look at how AAA is doing and AAA is not even in the same ballpark at this point. See, I, I would disagree with what you just said, where you said that 
you're hoping that they're just getting paid a bunch of money and it doesn't matter to them if it doesn't work out or not because they're going to get paid either way. But, you know, this is a giant step back for AAA coming into the U.S. or Lucha in general in the U.S. If these shows either don't take place, they get canceled, or they take place and they completely bomb. So if I was AAA, even if this is a sold show and you're just getting paid to provide talent for it or to put, provide your name to it, I would want these things to work out. Yeah, I, I think I, I would definitely want them to work out, but I, I'm i so not convinced that they're going to work out that I just don't want them to take too much damage when it doesn't, when it inevitably doesn't. But um, I mean, you, well, you could see a path if you com- do the comparisons to AEW. Like, let's say... Okay, we're, I know we're really thinking in dreamland here, but let's say the Demetri show happens and it's like a miracle. Like back in 1993 with the local advertising, the Hispanics all come out and somehow, some way you sell out MSG. If you're serious about wanting a TV deal in the US, that's what you need. You need to say like, look, with very little promotion, nobody even knew these shows were happening. We sold out this building. Imagine if we actually had TV. That's the way to do it. Not, oh, we want, we're going to get a TV deal, but we're also going to have to point out that, hey, we had an MSG show that was canceled, or, hey, we drew 2,000 to MSG, which would be... I don't even think MSG would put on the show if there were only 2,000 tickets sold. Right. Yeah. but That's another thing people need to think about. Like, Is MSG really opening their doors if they've only had 2,000 tickets sold? I, I can't imagine it's worth it for them to do that. No, they probably... It costs them more to keep that open than they would make putting those people in the building, so... Um, there's probably a cutoff date where they have to get so many people, so many tickets sold. And, but there's nothing AAA has shown that they have some urgency to get people to sell those tickets and get people in the door. So maybe they don't, maybe it's not as high as it, we would think, or maybe they're just not aware of that and it's going to come and catch them later. But it's frustrating to think about. It does not seem like a high priority to them, and when it was announced, it seemed like a high priority, which is just the strange part, but that's how AAA goes sometimes. Yep. And with the Los Angeles show, I, I think there were people excited about it, especially former Lucha Underground people, fans, who just were really happy to see some of their AAA guys back in their area and thinking that probably because they have a, they have a historical big fan base there, they might do better. But if I was in L.A., I think you probably can get good tickets later, and I would just not buy any ticket until you saw that the MSG show came off how you wanted it because you're buying a you're buying a mystery chest at this point. You don't know what actually is in the chest, but you can wait a month. You can wait till September, and you'll find out exactly if this is worth getting or not. Well, I mean, if the MSG show doesn't go right in any way, we can basically just forget about the, the forum show in L.A. Yeah. outright because there's no way that that show is going to be successful if the MSG show isn't. No. So um, maybe by the next time we do a podcast, we will know more about it. But right now, Unlikely. We, we know so little much more than we did even before. The only thing we know now is that we have a date for the Los Angeles show, but even then, we kind of knew it was happening back when the MSG show was announced. So um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out more. Either they'll announce something or they won't. They'll announce they won't have a show eventually. Um, CML announced that they will have their next big show after the big June show that no one remembers being a big show. The big July show will be the Jushin Liger show on the 19th with Jushin Liger, his final match in Mexico, except he's wrestling the next day. Um, 
against Negro Casas, Ultimo Guerrero, and Chris Sato. And then last night they added L.A. Park returning to Arena Mexico, teaming with his two sons, which is Rush, Bicio del Ring, and Mystico. And one of the ongoing um, pieces of conversation we've had is how long does it take until indie promotions in the U.S. or have to bring in both L.A. Park's sons to get him booked. And it looks like CML has already been jumped onto that program to book both of his sons in a big place just to get the get L.A. Park back one more time. Yeah, I wonder if the how old we don't even know how old his other son is, do we? We do not. Because I mean, if he's pretty young, you got to figure this would be the fastest that somebody has basically shown up out of nowhere. And I'm assuming, no, this is not going to main event. This is going to semi main event. But that's a pretty high position for him to be in right away off the bat. Uh, that's fascinating that he's going to be there. And I wonder if he even sticks around or if he's just in for this. The son, I mean, because the LA Park's other kid, the one that's been around a while, he got a couple matches on his own. I don't know if this other one will. Yeah, I expect it's going to be against, depending on his first performance. And given that he's going to be working with Bicel Ring and Mystico, I mean, I would assume Mystico works with the older brother and the younger brother gets stuck with with Bestia, and that's probably, probably not a, a great person to make a first impression against. No, I wouldn't say so. And I was just lamenting the fact that, like, they announced this so... It's not even it's not even 15 days out. It's like 14 days out. And how can I know they don't care about my money, don't get me wrong, but it would be nice to have a little more advance notice on this because that's definitely a weekend where somebody would want to go down to Mexico City because you've got all the Liger shows that are taking place. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of indie shows in conjunction with everything else going on. And that Arena Mexico show, I mean, that's shaping up to be as big as the Negro Casas anniversary that I went to last year where they've already got two top matches. I'm sure they'll add something else. Maybe even the women's thing on that show. Who knows? But that's definitely going to be a big show, and I'm already picturing a sellout. Yeah, I could see it doing a big attendance. I, I think that's the big question about that show is that are they going to announce an anniversary show date on that show or by that show? Because that's the other show that people would definitely want to go down. If they're doing Ellie Perkins Rush or pretty much anything else, I think there will still be an interest It'll be more of an interest if it's LA Park versus Rush finally, but if it's but I think people just like the idea of going to an anniversary show, and if they can get a date a month, two months in advance, you might have a bunch of foreigners coming. But CML has not consistently made it that easy. They did last year where they gave the date way ahead of time and then gave a match that no one was expected to see on that date, but they have not given a date or a match this year, and that's kind of the that that hurts the ability for people to come and check them out. I mean, I wonder if the reason they haven't given a date yet is just because this whole Rush ROH thing is in flux because he's got to work the ROH shows when ROH runs. And maybe let's assume they're putting together LA Park versus Rush. They have to find a Friday that works for both guys where Rush isn't at ROH and LA Park doesn't have a booking and he's pretty booked up well in advance. So that's why I would lean more towards, I still think Rush LA Park will happen, but it would certainly be easier if they did Rush versus Angel de Oro because Oro's always around when they need him. And Rush, you just got to pick the weekend where ROH isn't running. Right. It's because I'm looking at the Ring of Honor schedule right now and they have him. I don't think they're running that. They're running the 22nd weekend, 2022nd. 
they're running also the weekend. It would be running the sixth of September too. So yeah. if you can you do it on the thirteenth if Rush isn't there the week before, or do you have to do it on the twentieth to give that big build up? Um, I, don't I think it, the thirteenth is. I think the thirteenth is the date that I'm eyeing up. It's going to be on. So just you, just based on how I'm putting the the calendar together, based on various dates where other guys are available, I'm guessing it's going to be on the thirteenth, and that it's going to be a big long weekend for them. They're going to do a big show on the thirteenth and a big show on the sixteenth, the Monday. Yeah, because that's the Independence Day, is and then the National Luchador Day is the next following week. If I remember, I mean. To be perfectly honest, there is literally nothing stopping them from just doing a regular Friday night show and doing the actual anniversary on the Monday if they wanted to. And they would definitely have Rush for the Monday. Yeah, there would be no problem there. There would be a lot of other shows. So you would have the the issue where people would probably double and triple book themselves and it might cause the show itself not to be as good. But they, as long as the big match is what they need to be, then people would be um, satisfied with that show. Yep. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens on July 19th, I guess. I don't expect the date because they saved the date for the big show, CML Informa. Yeah, the, the, the big show that gets the least viewers of anything that they stream on there. Um, but I, I would hope by then they give... See, this is my, the problem I get into. Every time I think, well, you're running a big show, they're definitely going to give the date. They're definitely going to build up a match. But they hardly ever actually do that. They just kind of go at their own pace. And if they don't do it in front of the big audience, it doesn't seem to, to bother them. They feel like their fans will find out the date and the match on their own, even if they don't do it on the show. So I think, in my mind, that's a show where you announce the date and whatever match you're doing. But it may be even a longer wait into July and early August for CML. Well, we'll see. I, uh, I, I don't even, they couldn't even go a month without what they announced that they were going to do a major show every month. They, they missed a month unless you want to count the finals of the incredible Paris tournament. I, I think uh, the, the Dynastia tournament, I think, or, they, sorry. Yeah. The Dynastias. I think they believe that counts as a major show, but I, it, that was so not major that it wanted me to go back on, to watch a press conference again and see if I misunderstood what they said because that's 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 not at all keeping with the concept that they explained. But I I feel like major to them is when they bump up the ticket prices and there was no bump up for ticket prices on that show. Yeah, and I'm positive that the Liger show is going to have a bump in ticket prices. I think it, this is dumb, but I think major for them is when they have. M- more than four or six Eddie Cons working the show. They go to eight Eddie yes. Cons. That's the big show. And they did not go to eight Eddie Cons for the Tina Cia final. That is true. That is definitely one of the CML quirks that you can count on. If there's a lot of Eddie Con is there, if there's two different dance numbers, then yes, it's a major show. Yeah. So in that case, maybe the Father's Day show was the big June show because they had dance numbers on that show. Perhaps. That's that's not impossible in CML's mind. I like how we're having to guess which was the major show from last month. Yes, if if you can't if we if we have to guess, then it wasn't a major show. Yeah. Um, we know we have that major show, and we know that they gave away that the Grand Prix is happening sometime soon, which of course in CML could mean any time between now and December, but it would fit in as the Argus big show. I'm not sure. I should have just kept on the Ring of Runner schedule open. They probably have a weekend open where they can send some people. Looks like they're well, actually maybe they they don't because they have shows at the they have the Toronto show. They have the running on the 24th and the 25th. So it would have to be somewhere in between then. 
Are they running on the 24th and 25th? Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. yeah, they have another TV taping there. So they are pretty big. They are more busy for August than I thought. Maybe they can run the first week of August. But then, Wow, you pointing that out just made me realize that Bandito's not going to be in the J-Cup then. Because Ring of Honor, well, Ring of Honor let him, he missed the Ring of Honor shows to work the Best of Super Juniors. So, but that was in Japan. I think it's a little different case if they're running the U.S. and they want to use them. Yeah, yeah, maybe that would be disappointing because I think he would do well in that lower format. He seems to do well in tournaments. So, um, and I would think that Ring of Honor would want to be involved in that. I mean, I think they would want to send someone because it's not like New Japan is going to bring over a whole bunch of people. But maybe this will be a whole bunch of. I mean, the rumor has been that it's going to be a lot of indie talent. Um, so maybe it's maybe they only need to send one person or something and we get a lot of other people involved. Who knows? I don't know why we're talking about that. The only tournament in the U.S. tournament that matters on this podcast is BOLA. Yeah. The, the, we're not talking about BOLA either. Not until they announce another luchador, which they have not announced yet. So They announced Aramis yesterday. Oh, that Artemis. My bad. Yeah, that's no... And he does not count, even though he got a vote in the Komos Sasa Awards. That, <laughs> that was a controversial vote there. I didn't even remember that until Fredo pointed it out. The, the tournament that, that we can talk about is the Riot Tournament, which the names were all finally announced after a 10-day like, wait between number 11 and number 12. Um, this is going to be Riot's first ever tournament uh, over two days. They have 12 people. They're going to do six singles matches. They're going to do, and then to lead into two three waves and then a one-on-one final. And Did he that. actually say that? I asked them about that. I, I went to the promoter. I got the scoop. He said that's, that's the format that they're going with. What a fucking piece of shit. Because I asked him and he didn't answer me. And then here I go. I booked the entire tournament, but I didn't do three ways. I'm going to have to improvise on the fly. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be the other way with three-way final, like Bola, which yeah. obviously this is taking some inspiration for. I should say these, this tournament is taking place August 23rd and 24th. You are going to this tournament. I am planning to go up to this tournament, if I can say that, and I don't need to edit that out. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I assume you're coming because you've, you've hinted you're coming. Uh, a bunch of our friends are coming too, so it'll be a fun weekend. I haven't and, yet, so that's a slight problem, but maybe eventually I'll do that. Well, you definitely should get on that because it's already July. And the, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. The tournament, right when he told me he was doing it, I knew I was going to be there because I know that he's going to get, this tournament's going to feature some of the best indie talent in Mexico. Most of the guys we saw in the AAA opener the other day. Yeah. It's, and a lot of good Monterey talent, a lot of people from other places. One guy who did some other tournament that people heard of. Um, I cool. think he was booked before he did that tournament, which makes this even funnier. Uh, oh, it's just a loser. It's going to be out in round one, I promise you. Okay, yeah. Then hopefully he can come back to do some tag matches. I actually wanted to find like a Suzuki gun towel so we could bring that to the ring. We could all play the um, Kazuninara music too when Dalki comes out for his match. Because I think that's <laughs> just, we have to, le- I think that's the best way to do it, is that right needs, and everyone in indie wrestling needs to lean into him being. <laughs> being part of Suzuki gun from now on. I just hope that once hot, that eventually if we do it enough that like Lance Archer will show up and team with him for a match and that'll be fun. Well, I don't want to go too inside baseball on this podcast, but there are, I know there are at least two guys who were asked to be in this tournament and there were issues as relates to who they can lose to or how far they need to go. 
So I'm kind of hoping that Doki shows up and just tells him, like, you know, I'm a New Japan guy now and I can't lose in round one just to see his reaction, just to see him pulling his hair out, trying to figure out what to do. We just want to make life tough for the right promoters. And I think that's really the best part. That's that's what we're looking to get out of this, this tournament. Not for the matches to be really good, but that would be nice. But also for the right people to just lose their mind in the, in the course of doing this tournament. Well, I'm also hoping that this show outdraws the first Nacion Lucha Libre show. <laughs> I don't see it happen. Sorry? It's possible. Do you think Nacho, I put well, Nacho Lucha Libre on the on the list, which maybe I should have, but maybe I definitely should have. Do you think it will still be a thing when this tournament happens on August 23rd and August 24th? Uh, I think it will still be a thing, but it'll be a thing that's coming to an end around the time that these shows take place. That would be around the time of, I think, their second taping which they have not announced, which seems like something they should announce. But, you know, I don't I don't run the wrestling promotion. Maybe the things like this I do, I don't understand. Well, this is actually a good time to... Maybe we can put do some exclusives on this podcast. Filibuster for a second. Okay. We have 12 people in this tournament that we just kind of rambled around without actually talking about. Okay, hang on. Then I'll just do it quickly. So the second Nacion Lucha Libre show is supposed to be July 27th in Zacatecas. The third show is supposed to be August 3rd in Puebla. And then they have two more dates for August that I won't give away right now. But So they're, that, the same day. Do they, they're running Triple Mania Day. Uh, yeah, looking at this, yes, they are running Triple Mania Day. Good thing all that AAA talent got pulled, huh? Yeah, they weren't working that show. Yeah. Well, here's the test for you, okay? I won't say, I won't say when, but they have a date listed as returning to Mexico City because their first show is in Mexico City. Will they make it to their fifth show, which is listed in Mexico City? Or will it be dead by then? I think it will not be officially dead, but they won't run that fifth show in Mexico City when they're planning on running a fifth show. It'll be postponed. And maybe elite-style postponement where we don't hear about them for another year. <laughs> will they make it to their Las Vegas show that's here on the schedule that I actually have a date for, but I'm not even going to bother? There, there's absolutely no way they're running Las <laughs> Vegas. Unless... <laughs> Unless Combat Americas decides to throw them a bone and put them and give Alberto some face-saving show that runs in front of 100 people. Unbelievable. But why did we interrupt talking about the actual major promotion to talk about this minor league promotion? This is, it's, it, it, we really need to give attention to something that's actually going to produce product instead of something that's actually going to produce um, travel guru matches. That's right. Do you want to go to the list of 12 guys and try the pronunciation or should I? I can try. This would be a good comedy. Have, Go for it. We have Dalki, we have Latigo, Latigo, we have Eric Ortiz, we have Aramis, we have Bilal, Madness, Iron Kid, Aries, Tony Rodriguez, Dimono del Ire, Burgo del Sol, and Dralion. Too bad. It was just mostly bad. Um, and Dralion was the mystery 12th guy that took so long to be announced yeah. that our podcast got delayed two weeks. Yeah. Some tournaments, you know, Drellin's a good guy, but some tournaments save like a huge name for the 12th seed, and Drellin's a good guy who's known in Monterey. And not, I guess people in Monterey, that's a big deal. But I was expecting like they were saving a big name for the end, and I was completely wrong about that. Well, one thing we should point out though with these names is the rule is you had to have wrestled in Riot before. Right. So all these names have participated in Riot. Otherwise, I'm sure he could have gone out and got in. Let's just randomly throw out a name, like Hechicero, for example. But Hechicero has now worked Riot, so I do actually appreciate the fact that they booked it like this, 
because it'll be better for the fans to be familiar with the guys rather than just doing it all-star style like Bola. That's mostly why I'm more interested in this tournament because these are guys that I think this could be good exposure for them to have great matches and maybe some breakout performances. Yeah, and some familiarity with working, working against each other. Especially some of these guys have faced each other for years. Some of you guys have not, but they've faced guys with similar styles or they've run into each other in, in past Riot shows. So mm-hmm. there's, there, these seem like these should be a strong set of tournament matches. And we're getting bonus matches each night. They've already announced some tag matches for the first night, and I'm sure that all the losers from the first night will end up being in matches on the second night. Right. So, did you did did you fantasy book the tournament? I did not fantasy book the tournament. I should have, but I did not. Well, I, I fantasy booked it. If I had two more weeks, I would have fantasy booked it, but I just didn't have the time. I mean, this might end up being a, as big of a waste of time as but fantasy booking Tripobania was, but I mean, I already got screwed because I didn't get the exclusive you did. So when I go through my thing, I have singles matches. I'm going to have to change on the fly to three ways. Okay. Well, what do you have for the singles matches? Okay. Well, for the singles matches, of course, the only possible first round match you can have, who I think is the best young prospect in Mexico, Aramis, against the New Japan superstar Doki. I would love to see those guys match up to give Aramis a big victory. And I really think that Doki can bring out the crazy because we've seen Aramis on the last Riot show take the Spanish fly off the top or be part of the Spanish fly off the top of the balcony. So I'm sure if Doki says, hey, I want to give you a sunset flip bob off the balcony, Aramis will be like, let's go for it. That, I'm not sure you should say that. That sounds like that sounds crazy. Maybe you'll... <laughs> We'll be there to catch because we'll be sitting front row. No, you'll be there to catch. I'll be sitting. I'm I'm going on the balcony just to be safe. I am actually sitting in the balcony because that's where I was for the last show, and it was it was a way better place to be. So, Aramis versus Doki, and I have Aramis going over. Second match, I have Fuego del Sol versus Madness because I I don't think I'd be talking or speaking out of line to say that Madness is definitely the weakest guy out of the twelve that they've announced. I think that uh, it'd be good for him to face Fuego del Sol. I think that Fuego, Fuego, from what I've seen, is competent enough that he can get, you know, control madness. And it would be a good spot for him, to, for those two. I think that Fuego del Sol goes over and advances. Fuego del Sol is a Texas, maybe Oklahoma guy, right? Yes. People and, might have seen him on the last Wrestle Circus show. And Madness is a Monterey regular who's been on these right shows before. I think he's got hurt both times I've seen him. Or am I thinking baby? I'm thinking Demo Bill here. Madness was on the last show and he last He had show. a good you liked his match with Eric Ortiz. Yes. So I think he he's Eric it was a lot I thought it was a strong Eric Ortiz performance to make the match work, but I think he shows potential. So with the right opponent, I think he can be good. Yep, he's a... Uh... He was a bit around for a while, then he took like a year, or maybe a little more than a year off, and just came back. So when I saw him back in February, it was like his fifth match back in the ring. Uh, and he just had actually a pretty good match with Prometeo on one of the, I think it was an MD, not an MDA show, it was a Kawa show that just happened like a week or two ago. Uh, my third match, I have Demonio del Aire against Dralian. I think that'd be good, kind of like Dralian used to be the Demonio del Aire rising rising up and coming flyer so it's a good past versus present match and i have demonio del aire actually going over which i'm not too confident about because i feel like 
they might want Jolly to advance pass around because he's the more popular guy, the most more known guy. But I would like to see Demonio Delaira win, and I think this is an interesting matchup style-wise. Yeah, I think so. I I, I hope that Demonio Delaira does well enough in this tournament that he convinces him that he's found success with this name and he stops using the awful baby extreme name. But Yes, no more baby names, please, people. He's got this match. He's got also, he's on the Pro Wrestling Mexico debut coming up in a few weeks, too. So he's Which got, is he, but he's listed as baby there. Yes, but... No yeah, good. He has a chance to have a good match there. So he's mm-hmm. got some chance. He's got some opportunities coming up. Fourth match, front, first row, I've first round. I've got Iron Kid versus Latigo. And I booked this before I saw the work together yesterday, but clearly they've got chemistry between them. So I would love to see those two go at it, even though that would mean one of them has to go out in the first round. And in this case, I picked Latigo to go over Iron Kid. Iron Kid was so good yesterday. And we don't. It just seems like he's not around on stuff that gets gets put up as much as he used to be a year or two ago. But I think he's improved as a wrestler um, over that time. Yeah, him and Aramis have left Alas de Acero in the dust from that old Kamikaze trio. Yeah, I wonder if it was the the trip to China that helped them, or just more time experience. But I think he's gotten a more complete wrestler. Yeah, I think he's got a good look. I think that he's definitely a guy that people are sleeping on. My fifth match, and okay, so I will say it's Tony Rodriguez, versus, who's from Guadalajara, versus Eric Ortiz. And I will say that I did my research because I have a feeling that uh, Fredo would never book a... He wants to book all, all new matches. He doesn't want to redo stuff that has been done in Riot before. This match has been done in Riot before. But this match was done four years ago in Riot. So I'd like to think that enough time has passed and these guys have gotten better since then to where he'd be willing to put these guys against each other because I think their styles match up really well. They can do a very strong mat-based style, hard-hitting. This is a match that I'm being selfish when I book. So I'm less inclined to think this is actually going to happen just because of the fact that he's booked it before. But I'm still going to keep them together, and I have Tony Rodriguez upsetting Eric in the first round. That would be an upset, but I think Rod- Tony has, doesn't seem like he's been around right as much lately. But he seemed like he was one of the more favorite guys, he was one of the guys who enjoyed working there more often. So I could see him really being fired up for this match. Yep, and by process of elimination, that leaves Indy Strong Tibles collide Ares versus Belial. I think. It's a good chance for them to work together. I think that they'll be more comfortable with each other. It saves up Ares, who I intend to go far in this tournament, where he doesn't have to waste uh, a big all-star match in the first round. I think Ares Ball still would be a pretty big all-star match. That's something like if they put announce that on its own beforehand, I think that would be a suitable main event to a lot of Riot shows. Yeah, and as long as they don't get cute, I think they could have a good match. I think we've seen them have a three-way match with Impulso, where it was a hardcore match. But I don't think we've ever seen them go at it one-on-one in a clean match. Like, I would assume that they're not going to bleed all over the place like they do on other shows. And, of course, I, like I said, I have Ira's going far, so I have Ira's going over. Okay, so that gives you the second Well, that gives, me, yeah, that gives me six people who I put in singles matches, but now I'm going to have to change it to three ways. For what it's worth, the singles matches I had were Aramis versus Fuego del Sol, 
Demonio Del Aire versus Latigo and Ares versus Tony Rodriguez. But just changing it up on the fly here, I guess I would do Aramis versus Fuego Del Sol versus Latigo. Yeah. And then Demonio Del Aire versus Ares versus Tony Rodriguez. I think it balances out pretty well with the different strengths and different matches. Because I came down to an Aramis versus Ares versus Latigo final. Those are the three guys that I think are the strongest in this tournament and the guys that I would want if I were booking a final. But if we're doing it coming down to a singles match, then I would have the final be Aramis versus Ares. And I say that because uh, Aramis and Ares had a match on a Lucha, uh, Lucha meme show, I think it was, at a Lorena Lopez Mateos. But they were doing a class, it was a classical concept. That was what the show was called. Have I put and, the recap up? I think I was finishing that recap, and that recap's going up in the next few days. But I saw, I just watched that match, and the first half, that match is like the first half of a match of the year candidate level match with the creative mat, mat work. Some of the stuff that people saw Saturday, but I think even better done by Aries and Aramis. But because of the concept of the show is supposed to be all mat work stuff, which not every match does, but they, they're more consistent than most. That it never goes to the crazy place that you think both guys are capable of showing. Exactly. I mean, I was just going to give that same speech. So you did it for me. The uh, That's exactly it. They, they, I told them both, too. They're like, guys, what you did for that 10 minutes was amazing. I was ready to call it the match of the year, but then I looked at my timestamp, and I knew that there was only a minute left, and they were heading to the finish. So, you know, I, I said, if they can do the same match – and just get double the time where they can do the same first 10 minutes, but then 10 minutes of the more modern style we're used to. That's what I would like to see out of this riot final. Of course, this is just me fantasy booking. Fredo could have a million different ideas in his head. And all I know is that at some point in this tournament, even if he has another idea, I would like to see these two in a singles match. I think it would be, it would be fun to see those two. I think it's, it would be tough for him to, even though this is an all-star promotion, to not have a Monterey guy in that final, I think, or, I, I, or at least that's true. There would be a problem, I guess. Yeah, I, I think someone like Eric Ortiz, who's a regular on all their shows, or a guy like Dimono Delaire, who's more of a guy that they built up on their own, that they might want them to be at least included in that. But it depends on what they're going to do with this tournament going forward. That. If it was just created with the best match, you might not necessarily have to have them in there. Yeah. So, but overall, look, really looking forward to the show. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I can't even believe that I'm going to my second riot show this year after like thinking that I would never go to Monterey before. So I'm really hoping that you do end up booking that flight and getting out there. Cause I feel like since uh, it doesn't look like these shows are going up fast, although they do eventually go up on pivot chair we could come back being those people, the same ones who went to Battle of El Capan and said it was a great show, but, you know, if we don't see it, it doesn't exist. So we may be the two guys who come back and people tell us, well, great, but it doesn't exist to us. Yeah, that'll be fun to have, just to <laughs> annoy people like that. Of course. Um, do we do we have any uh, predictions on if Battle of El Capan is ever coming out? Because I think you said it would come out before their recent show, but their recent show... I guess it happened this weekend, although there are no pictures or video to back it up. I think, I think it might have happened. This it might have come after a weekend if maybe we were too annoying about it. But I also think that the promoter is has 
decided that they just want to make a point to that they don't have to put the video up if they want to. I think uh, like the promoter is is trying to is is shooting himself in the foot by being stubborn about things. But it's it's also his promotion that if he doesn't want to put it up, he doesn't really have to put it up. It's disappointing. I think the things for this is that I really don't care about the promotions or the promoters all that much as much as I care about the wrestlers. And if they had these great matches that people were talking about, that could help them get booked in Mexico and outside of Mexico. But if it's only, if no one can ever see these matches, it's tough for no one in the U.S. is going to just go off some hype that they heard from people who were in in the Kappa and they want to actually see these matches for themselves to see if they're good. Or they want, even if they don't want to see them, they want other people to see them so that their people get excited and talk up these people before they come to the show. And if no one can see this mattress. There's not going to be that hype for There's not going to be that excitement for them. I mean, we saw that Laredo Kid was booked for the AEW tournament, that the Jim, Jim Lyman Cup that's coming up in August around um, All Out Weekend. And Laredo Kid's not there unless he's on AAA that gets streamed all the time and gets people talking up, and that he's on the double or not the double or nothing, the Fighter Fest show. That got talked people up because people could sh- see those shows and because people were excited about those shows that made him more valuable to AEW. And even when this bell and the cop on show comes out, if it ever comes up, I don't know if the people it's now so much in the distance that I'm not sure it's going to help those wrestlers as much as it would have if it aired live or aired soon after. So, um, I would hope that the promoters have the interest of the of making. The life's better for the wrestlers in mind, but that's not that's obviously not always the case. And if the promoter made his money and doesn't see any point in making any more money by putting doesn't see that he's going to make any more money by having the money having the show on YouTube, then I guess that's his choice too. But it's not the choice that really if I were the wrestlers, I would keep that in mind next time I he's asking me to work multiple matches on the same show that Maybe I want to protect myself because it's not really going to benefit me as much as it's going to benefit him. Yeah, and I think in the long run, he's got much more pressing issues over this. Like, uh, I mean, this is a topic not for now because we've gone on long enough, but for another podcast, there's way, way overexposure of indie wrestling in Mexico City right now. It's like every weekend, there's three shows in the same buildings and they're just cannibalizing each other, putting on these matches. Same thing in Monterey, but Monterey has always been like that. But like in Mexico City, what really stood out to me is like Mexa Wrestling is announcing their July 14th card already. And none of these matches are appealing in any way. And it's just recycling the same people over and over again, just in different combinations. It's like they're completely out of ideas because there's so many shows that everybody's done everything. What What else can you do? Like if I list off these matches to you, is there anything interesting for you here? La- Who is interested in Lady Fly and Fly Star versus Lunatic Extreme and Demonium for now? No. I mean, they're not, they're doing these matches, but they can't, they're not building value into these wrestlers or these, or the, the matches that they're having next. They're just kind of taking whatever excitement there is of the wrestlers and using them, but they're not, they're, the promoters aren't promoting these people. They're promoting the shows, but they're not making the wrestlers into bigger stars than they were beforehand, or at least they haven't been doing that lately. Yeah. And then you have like Dragon Bane and Arcangel Divino against Canis Lupus and Ultimo Maldito. I mean, how more generic does it get? Those guys are always working with each other. Why do I need to see them do the same stuff in a tag match? 
It's just, it, it's so annoying because you can you can be creative. There are ways to be work around this stuff, but nobody even tries. So, what can you do? It's not like it's like for me. Creativity is that Liger match. It was announced for the 18th. His first his first retirement match in Mexico. The Arena Lopez Mateos. No, no, no. It's in Pachuca. And it's actually interesting. You've got Mystico and Carista going up. Besides, you've got Bendito involved, Titan, Valiente. They could have gone a far more generic way, but that match is actually interesting to me. So I like that. Yeah. I think that lives in Lopez Mateos. Is it Lopez Mateos? I thought that it was Pachuca. Maybe I was wrong. The promoter does both arenas, so it's confusing. So, oh, yeah. It's a le- I know it's legend. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, it's a unique matchup. And it's at least... They're getting something different out of the lighter match than just doing, than just sticking him with the usual legends that they they're maybe they can create a matchup out that people want to see. But well, we haven't heard what his match is yet for the Saturday Lucha Real show in Arena Coliseo, and I'm kind of hoping that I don't see Phoenix and Penta listed for any other shows that weekend, and I can't even imagine how awesome it would be if we could get Liger and somebody versus Phoenix and Penta. That would be amazing. I think people would be. Very, very excited to see it. I think that's the that's the arena they did not get to work in their CML run, so I think that would mean a lot to them. And they do work with that promotion a bit, but I also see w- they're slowly unveiling people from on the poster. And I see Atlantis there, and I see Nedro Casas there, so I think it's probably more along the lines of those guys being included. I guess it would just be interesting because, I mean, it would be the first and only time if we're to assume that the rumors are true, that Phoenix and Penta are going to be exclusively with, with AEW and AAA starting in around October. And if Liger's doing his final Mexico tour this this weekend, right, there's really no other place where Liger could cross paths with those two before you can never, ever see it again. Because Liger's retirement, I actually believe that he's done. He's not coming back after he retires. So where else would it even be possible for those guys to be in the same ring together? Maybe if Liger does Bola and they do Bola, but there's no other place except that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So It would be a shame because I do want to see. I mean, people will say, oh, it's going to be a shitty match. They're not going to do anything. Well, I don't care. I just want to see Phoenix Penta in the same ring as Liger. Yeah, I think that would be cool for a lot of people to see. I just don't. I, I wouldn't count on that happening, unfortunately. But speaking of indie shows, there's another big indie show this weekend I'm really looking forward to. That Phoenix and Penta are actually, I believe they're promoting it themselves because it's in the training center that Penta opened up, and they're doing Ares. We know that that's Penta's training center, or at least it has not got out somehow. Well, it is. So uh, they're doing Ares versus Penta. They're We're talking Fe- about the car, the crash arena. Yeah, the Central de Alto Rendimiento. Yeah. They uh, they're doing Ares versus Penta, which is hasn't happened in many years, and the last time it happened, Ares almost died. So let's hope that they're a little more careful this time. They're doing Phoenix versus Freelance, which sounds incredible, has never happened before. And Phoenix on his social media seems so excited about this match that I'm not expecting him to show up and just do eight minutes and be like, thank you, I'm here, now I'm going to sign autographs. He's going to work his ass off. He wants to have a good match with Freelance. It's got Bestia versus Demus, which sounds fucking incredible because I think Demus is just a total blast to watch. Like he is so much fun, and I know him and Bestia are gonna just brawl. Hopefully, bleed. It's gonna be so much fun. And then we've got Puma King versus Killer Corton, 
who apparently is the ex-Cronus, right? Yes, that's what we found out. So, you know, I mean, hey, how about that? How, what are your favorite memories of Electroshock, Hijo de Pirata, and Cronus is running AAA? <laughs> Wait, what was that team called? They, they were the Holocaust, though. Uh, how could I forget that? Yes. It lasted almost as long as Cronus's match and impact that one time. <laughs> That's right. But uh, Cronus has, he's talent and he's been around a while with Penta and those guys. He came up with them. So, like I was just, I was just saying that you could be creative if you want. And this is the type of card that you're being creative. So, I'm looking forward to this show. The undercard has a lot of the young guys who train there that are pretty good. Uh, this is my. This is going to be better than the New Japan show. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. That's that's saying a lot. I think people have seemed to have high hopes for a New Japan show, but <laughs> it, it it it's it should be. Um, I, I think if that may, I hope that makes the tape in good form. Or why do I say tape? This is not 1980. But I hope that shows up on YouTube in good quality because those are matches that um, Pentagon Aries was just. Incredible match the last few times they did it in mm-hmm. non traditional ways of being incredible, but definitely incredible. So I hope that that gets a chance for I hope people get a chance to see that again and not in like a Hector Godfrey, four different versions that have four minutes of the match each, but like a full match on place. So, um, well, as, as soon as the ring seems to be getting better lately at putting full matches up because you actually hear the whistle, so you know you're getting it from the beginning. Yeah, and the best part is now they have some sort of sponsor who does like a minute and a half ad at the end of every video. Yeah. So even if you're watching the time bar, you don't necessarily know when the match is going to end. You used to always know because the time bar would be coming to an end and you're like, okay, this must be the finish coming up. Yeah. The ad video at the end of a match, very good. The 30 second, 60 second, 90 second intro video that you have on every video you upload, very bad, very annoying. You, you, those are two different things you have going on. Put your, if you want to put your little... Flash CGI thing about the or the person giving you a half-hearted promo for your channel. Put it at the end of the, end of the YouTube thing so we can skip it if we don't want to see it. But but just leave some time in after the match so we don't know when the match ends. It's such better that way. Yep, please. It's still better than Hector Godfrey with the edited videos from three different angles. Like just put up a full match somewhere. Here, here's the minute and a half of the match being introduced on its own video, because that's something you're definitely going to want watch on its own for some reason. It's so weird. Yeah. So people doing free things for us and we're doing a free podcast that's gone on pretty long. So we <laughs> wrap it up. Well, as we wrap it up, do you have any match recommendations since the last time we've been on? Um, I should have my match recommendations open, but I don't, which is a problem right there. I am, I'm getting close. I was at the point where last weekend, if I actually um, had more time than I, I ended up having, I would have been all the way caught up on my watch list. And that was just an incredible feeling, but then I failed completely. So that was a less incredible feeling. Um, don't watch the Guerrero's ma- title match from Qualahar. Tell you that. Even though you told me that months ago and I just didn't listen to you. Yep. What else did I, I mean, obviously, Loretto Kid versus Vikingo. I, I watched the, this is another thing that's going up whenever I get around to bringing this post and making the adjust, is the, um, the Rudos versus Rudos feud from the crash, the other card feud whose team's names I'm forgetting. Triple Menza and mm-hmm. what's the other team? Uh, fuck. Harrigans? Harrigans. Yeah, Har- Haragones. Haragones. That, that, I watched the match from A and that lived up to what you said it was. It was just a crazy brawl. 
Uh, it was the only bad part is when they actually decided to slow down and do actual wrestling moves because the moves weren't going as well. But when they were just throwing people into the crowd willy nilly, it was just an incredible time. I think they seem like they're headed to a big match with them. Are they meeting this weekend? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I feel like they're heading to a cage match. I just don't know when the cage match is going to be. And then the last person's in there is going to get head shaved or unmasked. Yeah, and I think the crash is also heading to a break soon because they have no shows. And I remember it's like one of the months coming up they're taking off. So August. Maybe. They're they're off all August, I think. So maybe they'll do a big match at the end of July before that happens. I hope so because that's the show I'm planning on going to on July 27th, the day after PWG. So, yeah, that was a match. That's an underrated match that I enjoyed. And there was really clandestine put up really good quality video of it, too. So I think mm-hmm. they did better video of that than they did the tile match where they were so zoomed in. You couldn't see people when they were dived out of the ring and Phoenix disappeared for about two minutes. <laughs> but it's free video. I, I feel bad about complaining about free video at any time. This is the second last crash show because the actual last crash show seems to have disappeared into the ether. Yeah, which is nobody was there. And that's the problem. What happens when you don't actually tape your own shows? Yeah. But now we're just getting to things that we talk about way too much. Well, my two match recommendations, I guess, would be Aramis versus Demonio Infernal from June 19th. It was IWRG. You can probably find it. Masucha maybe put it up, but I know it's streamed on Internet Deportes TV. This would be from the tribute, not tribute, what am I saying? The benefit show that they did for Meta Leon when he was injured. So this was the semi-main event. You definitely want to check that out to see Aramis, of course, but Demonio more than holds up his share. And more recently, I would recommend the opener of the MDA Now Cup on show from last weekend with, now it's my turn to do a terrible pronunciation, Urus Magnetico Puma de Oro against Otzer. I can never figure out how he says his name. Blue Monster Jr. and Tempo. These are basically all unknown guys. I know Pumadoro and Oster from random IWG openers, but even just recently. And I know Magnetico from being in the CML school forever and never actually getting a match. Uh, the rest of the guys are all new to me, but these kids fucking, oh, I was so impressed by this match. This is the match. This is the match where when I do my year-end rankings, it's somehow going to sneak on there. I can already see it. And people are going to be like, really? You're putting that over some of the Kinetas del Aire matches? And I'll be like, yeah, I think so. This match was really long, really good. And for their experience level, just hit a home run. Very impressive. That sounds like something I need to add to my list. Yep. I had a thought, but I just, oh, yeah. Did you get to check out the new Geo match that turned up? I did, but it was only like, Four minutes of highlights, and it wasn't so hot. There were like two different versions. I saw. I saw Vortis put it up, and saw someone else put it up. Oh, you know what? Since my I had to restart my YouTube after the account got deleted, I don't subscribe to Vortis anymore. Yeah, I need to go back to his channel because maybe I'm missing out on more Geo matches. I have not seen it. That was the first match I saw on Pulse in a while. So, well, yeah. I definitely got to go check that out then. The one I saw was really edited, so it was only like. It was the La Tijera Lucha Libre channel, which just puts up highlights. Yeah, which is not ideal. But, you know, people do what they do. So I think that's it for this time. Um, we'll probably be back after Triple Mania at some point. Probably, maybe before the right show, but somewhere around there. Definitely. I'm sure we'll do a Triple Mania show. We got to. Yeah. So that sounds like a good thing to, to aim for. Thanks, everyone, for listening. 
Um, if you need more content, check out Rob's video uh, interview with Conan on the High Spot site. On the High and Spot. I've and I've relaunched. If you go to robviperlucha.blogspot.com, that's where I'm keeping track of all the best matches this year that I've seen. You're no longer using a black template like it's 1998 or so. I don't even know what you're referring to. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can find all those reviews there. Did you relaunch your YouTube as well? Uh, yes, I did. I don't know what the channel is. <laughs> That's a good I think it's just Rob Bahari. Okay, so yeah, you can find you're putting up so, your old videos. You're not putting up new stuff, but you're putting up the old stuff that people like. You're putting yes, new I don't stuff put up. People, assuming that, that's kind of yes. a rude way to putting that. You can put up new <laughs> stuff that people like too. Don't let me stop you. No, there's no more new music videos for me. I'm just putting up the old ones because people kept asking for it, and it's easy enough just to stick them back on there. Okay, so I think that's everything. Um, thanks everyone for checking this out. We will be back to talk to you after Triple Mania.